we not decide to quit the job to have holidays. We decide to go on the road and just see what is the problem or maybe uh, to show to the people that there is some solution about it, uh, about the food waste, about uh, how we uh, how today we can find a tomato in the winter in the supermarket in France, which is, is uh, nonsense. Get ready to hit the road on an unforgettable journey with Margot Brochier and Maxime Bonabri, two adventurous French spirits who traded their chef and project manager titles at Refletorio Paris to embark on the ultimate slow traveling adventure. Their mission, with Ter Ter, they aim to learn, to explore and to share the captivating stories of small-scale farmers around Europe. And maybe to make a documentary about that as well. Locale. Local. Shock. Local. Cambiamento. Tapir. Slow Food, the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Slow Food, the podcast that takes you on a journey through the beauty and complexity of good, clean and fair food systems. I'm Valentina Gritti, I'm your host and a Slow Food Youth Network activist. On this podcast, we meet changemakers around the world who are working towards a more sustainable food system and promote a slow lifestyle. Today, I'll be virtually hosted in the camper of two slow travelers, Maxime and Margot, who will tell us everything about their project Ter Ter and their traveling lifestyle. But that's not all. Stick around until the end and you'll be treated to some fantastic practical tips on how you can infuse a touch of slowness into your own travels and holidays. Are you ready for this adventure? Let's go to the camper of Maxime and Margot and let's begin this journey together. And how was it to, I mean, to quit your job and to follow this, this dream or like this crazy idea? I mean, were you uh, already sure at the beginning that you wanted to do it and you didn't think too much about it? Or did you have like your doubts or <laughs> how was the planning phase? The, the good thing is that we tried before to travel like this and to travel together. So it was this we knew that we will love the, 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 the traveling, the meeting producers, understanding how they work, help them and everything. And also uh, in the restaurant we were working in, it, COVID was really difficult because um, people were hungry. So, so we have to work a lot and it was emotionally really difficult I think so it was the good time to even if we loved our jobs and everything it was the good time to quit maybe and to have another experience so I think it wasn't that hard maybe the the harder things will be when we will have to go back to real work in an office or because we worked like for three years for Margot in the refectory Paris and me five years. We just uh, see how the, the world uh, is uh, managing the, the, the food and for us it was a problem. So in your project you decided to visit uh, different producers uh, in Europe based on the um, problems that you wanted to understand more or the other way around, like you mapped uh, the producers that you wanted to visit or maybe like the regions that you wanted to visit. And then once you are 
with the producers you discover what are the problems of the system the producer we ch we chose it's um b because peop someone told them to go and to see them and every producer we go and visit uh, are uh, not uh, big farmers or uh, in the industry of food they are working in different ways but all are facing different issues and we don't really know um, the way they are working before we go and talk to them but we always know that they are recommended from someone or from a villager or from a restaurant or from slow food in general they are uh, they are fighters uh, we spoke to all the the producer that we met and even they don't say that but we can feel it and see it that they're fighting against um, a super industry of food uh, that they want to keep uh, little they want to be little and not to grow because uh, we understand that that if you stay little you can uh, do the things in a good way and also the beauty uh, is very important um, because beauty can uh, give a lot of things in your production uh, the way you're working and the way you're taking yes that's true and, and beauty seems to be uh, not in the center of the problem but we met a producer in Slovenia and she said that her garden is a piece of art she chose exactly the way she put the vegetables and the flowers and there is a sense for the production and for the um, and for the, the taste of the vegetables but it's also she said I, I can't see my garden from from the top but I want for it to be beautiful for the birds that are on top or for the the nature and it's important for her that that this beauty is part of the project even if you can't taste the beauty and you can't so I think it's something we met in many projects yeah. and that was really interesting I remember also the the guy in the Gadis in Spain um, he was growing up the, the cows and he was in love with the cows because they are so beautiful and he is very proud to say my cows are the most beautiful cows in the world uh, so yes the beauty is very important and that was true they were yeah. beautiful <laughs> and people also pay more attention to beautiful things also like in a city for example if the if the area or like the streets it's very clean it's very uh, beautiful then people maybe are less um, prone to like throw things uh, on the street or make it dirty because you feel like part of this beautiful context so i i think indeed that it's um, it has like a, an educational uh, mean no so yeah. beauty is also an educational mean yeah, you want yeah, to take so. care about things which are beautiful. Yeah, and uh, for all of them, all the producers we met, it was the beauty of nature. They were aware of that and they wanted to protect that also yeah. by not making big constructions or uh, by respecting the, the environment. Nice. And how many producers have you met until now and how many are you still planning to meet during your travels? We met, I think, more, uh, a little bit more than 10 uh, and we interviewed them and, um, and spent some time with them. It depends. There is some we spend like a week with them because we 
uh, they have more time to give to us and some they have less i understand because they have all of them a lot of work to do so we we take some time from them so sometimes we we say we need to we know that we need to stay for one day and how m we never know really before the one that we will meet so we i can't say how much more we will meet it depends on the on the place we go on the people we met on the the advice we have so but i think we will continue like this like meeting yeah for example Other. yesterday we arrived on this spot and we didn't expect that it was a spot with uh, oyster and mussel producer so we took the bike we go to buy some mussels and we ask if we can come tomorrow to uh, understand what they are doing and if we can take some pictures and ask some questions and they were okay so And so you mentioned that you have been to Slovakia, you have been to Galicia, you are now in Croatia, you come from France. <laughs> where, where else have you been in the journey? Uh, we start, yes, we started with um, Portugal and Spain because it was in February and it was a bit cold. So as we live in a, in a, like a van, we, we wanted to be in, place, in, in warm places. So we started with that and then we traveled across France again and we arrived in Italy where we wanted to stay for one week but the food is too good so we stayed for two months <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to Slovenia uh, and Bosnia which is a wonderful country and the less touristic country we met but the, one of the most beautiful I think with a really interesting producers and a food uh, really good and now we are in Croatia and uh, we will continue like this uh, in the Balkanese country and then in Greece and Turkey I think and it's the same we never know till where and um, when we will stop but it, it for now it's the plan and, and what does your daily routine look like <laughs> uh, eating cooking <laughs> Traveling a little, <laughs> because the, the, the part, I don't think driving is the part we love the most. It's just the way we go to another place. So we never spend too much time on in the car driving to the, the next spot. That's why we chose to, in one year, go till Turkey and not, and not um, in a place um, uh, far away from home. It's far away, but in one year it's not that much kilometer. So, so yes, we don't drive that much, and we spend our times um, uh, finding producers, uh, reading, and I think cooking and eating is the biggest part of our day. Yeah, our schedule is made by the fridge. It depends <laughs> on what we have in the fridge and we decide to move or not to move because we have to cook that or not to cook that, really. Uh, also about the weather, uh, because if there is uh, some sun, uh, Margot have a solar oven in the camper, so she can cook um, and is very uh, when you have a oven you can cook more things so when it's uh, when, when the sun is on uh, we stayed and we cook we cook we cook 
Yeah, we make lasagna, lasagna with the solar oven or uh, I try some bread. My, my day is, is sometimes, um, I don't know, the, the, the schedule is made by the, the time of the bread. <laughs> uh, when I need to grow it, when I need to put it in the fridge, when I need to wait 12 hours, um, when the um, masa madre, uh, when the sourdough. Sour, sourdough is ready. So it's it's good because it's it organized my day in a certain way. I don't make bread every day and it don't doesn't always work with the solar oven because it's not a real oven. But um, I try many things. Yeah. When you are visiting farmers, normally you, like you spend the day with them. You you work a bit in the farm with them. How do you approach them? Also, I think we realize that the one uh, when we spend some time with them, it works well with the um, filming part, and the, we we get to know them better, and it's it they feel more comfortable with us. So. One example is with a couple in a young couple in Slovenia. They came. They come from Italy and Canada, so they are not from Slovenia, but they are there from since uh, six years, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we arrived there, and we said we don't. We won't take a camera for the two first days. We will help you. We will. We will cook for you if you need, and we will um, observe and talk with each other to understand better mm -hmm. and this is the way it works well i yeah. think but because we get to understand better the way of working than just talking or making an interview by watching and by taking this time uh, we understand better and then we have the good questions and then we can uh, emphasize the um, the interesting point of their way of growing things or uh, being sustainable or doing good products or being, I don't know, having a good uh, economic um, model for them. So, yeah. And uh, from the stories that uh, you have listened until now, is there anything you would like to share? My example can be... Um we met a producer in the south of France. Um, it's a duck producer, and um, he starts like many years ago, and he has like three thousand ducks in the in the farm, big farm for industry. And um, I don't remember the year, but uh, the, uh, the the big virus uh, for the, the the ducks and chicken and everything in the world. So he lose all the production, and after that he says stop. Uh, I don't want to have the same ducks that my neighbor, uh, because the virus is uh, connected with that. So I changed. He took an old race of duck, uh, which was uh, forbidden by the, the the law in France, but he did it uh, instead, and he built his own. Um, his own place to kill the ducks. Yeah, I don't know the name. Like slaughterhouse. To have the, the the right to sell it. Let me clarify this for you a little. So basically, the problem of the duck farm Maxime is talking about was that no slaughterhouse in France accepted to kill a different breed of duck, which was not a standard conventional breed. 
That's why, in order to navigate around the problem, they decided to build their own slaughterhouse at the farm itself. Uh, so he changed and he decided to have his own um, a way to kill the duck and he's, he has the, the opportunity to, to sell uh, the, uh, his duck but to the restaurant, not to the industry. Mm. The industry, like you, the duck you can find in the supermarket, are the same duck, the same race. So he's selling that to the chefs directly or the customers, they can come to his place. Thinking on one producer, they are the one in Slovenia, they're growing vegetables for a two Michelin star restaurant. But I think they started to grow vegetables only because they wanted to eat well. It, it's, uh, they have two kids and the first thing they, they said was, okay, let's go in Slovenia because they make good natural wines and they were professional of natural wines. So they started to work with natural wines and then they said, okay, if we want to eat well, we have only one solution. And that's true because it's not so easy those times to eat well uh, if you don't produce uh, your own food or if you don't live close to producers that are involved or sustainable. So they started like this and there is one restaurant around, uh, two Michelin star restaurant that said, okay, let's buy all that you produce and you do whatever you want. So it's a real laboratory, I think maybe they create the, the menu of the restaurant because they create all, all the vegetables and they choose all the vegetables that they will that they will grow from. Do you remember the name of the farm? Yeah, the, yeah I, I'm not sure they have a name. They, they, they call themselves foreign farmer, farmers mm -hmm. and uh, they are living in Srednje in, in Slovenia. It's a uh, village with uh, 12 houses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They create everything from scratch and they will have to change the place because the, the owner of the house uh, wants to take it back because now the, it's a famous place and everything so he wants to take the house back so they will have to create another project somewhere else but they told us that it will be still about uh, growing vegetables. Okay. They, they are quite famous because they are um, is the garden of the restaurant uh, of Anna Ross, it's uh, Ija Franco in Slovenia. Um, so she was on Netflix and on the chef tables and so they, they're giving the, the vegetables to this uh, restaurant. So many people want to uh, spoke to them and wants to meet them just to understand how they work because they're working in really in a different way to other people. It's very interesting to see that they are anarchists. Mm -hmm. It's an anarchist garden, it, but yeah. it works so perfectly that uh, it's impressive. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> and guys, I, I'm also super curious to, um, to talk with you about the way you are traveling, but also in a practical way. And for example, Margot, you mentioned about like the the solar oven that you take out sometimes you not know, to cook your bread. I would like to ask you to to tell us some of these tricks you are using, uh, for example, to travel more sustainably, so that we can inspire the people that are listening to this podcast. Yes, yeah, so we we are traveling with a van, so we are. Um, we chose not to go too far because we wanted to have to take the time to 
to meet the producers and everything. And as we have the the producer things, uh, the thing that interests us, we have our way uh, that is um, away from the touristic part and everything. And I think it's important uh, to to go in places that are not always over, overwhelmed with tourists and everything. So. Uh, an example to to a uh, tricks to give to people is to choose a red string uh, in the in, in your um, trip. Like for us, is the producer, but maybe for another um, couple or someone wants to see the highest mountain or I don't know. And to choose one topic in your trip, it can uh, make you way different than the massive. Um, um, holidays uh, people also we can uh, buy uh, things locally also uh, from the producer we met so it's um, it gives us the menu of the week normally if they if someone produce uh, that kind of food we will buy the other things to cook with the the produce of the the person we met and we go uh, to the markets and we so I think it's important when you go somewhere to also um, buy things the more local you can because uh, it helps the the really the village you are in or the the person you're with so this is important and I think also one thing that at the beginning was difficult for me or for us it was uh, it's important not to see everything and I think it's difficult because uh, when you go somewhere, for example, we went to Italy, uh, we were just next to Florence, Florencia, and then we chose not to go uh, because it was crowded at this time of the year and that uh, we knew that maybe we can come back someday. So it's, it was a good decision because we had more time to spend with the producers on to go or to go in a small village that people normally doesn't know. But if you want to go somewhere, you need to take the time to go there. And if we go till Turkey, it's because we have one year in front of us and um, that we can do it, even if it's not slow, because traveling slow will be staying in the villages next to your place or it's it's never totally slow because it's it's uh, something you not always necessary and... Uh, so, but it's important to, to go uh, not too far and to have the time to enjoy the place. Mm-hmm. And before, if I heard you correctly, you said that you also have bikes. Yeah, it was important for us to have a bikes because uh, when we did some holidays in France with the other van that we, that we have, uh, we, it was impossible for us to, to get some bike with us. So for this trip, uh, it was a point very important to have some bike because you can leave the, the camper somewhere and you can take the bikes and uh, go around and discover by bikes. But I think one good tip will be to choose uh, wisely the, um, if you go by car, if you go with a bike, if you go by foot, because it's there is always some... Um, problems and some good points with every everything so the car is not always good with the um, the Make gas we, yes no or the the gas we use but we knew that we needed this to have the solar oven to 
be able to take a shower and to be able to cook whenever we want and to invite people to our place, even if it's not like a house. But we could have cho uh, chosen to go by bikes if we weren't uh, that, um, if it wasn't that important uh, to cook for us. So yes, uh, everyone has his uh, passions and his um, way of doing things. So it's yeah. important to take the time to choose wisely the yeah. how you will travel. Another question: When are you planning to finish your documentary? This is this will this is a slow travel, and this will be a slow documentary. <laughs> I think. I'm not sure it will be finished before. Uh, we we have still six months traveling, so we will record uh, when we will be traveling, and then we will take, I think, six months to find some uh, to 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 produce to find the right person to help us because we are not professional at all. So I don't think it will be ready that fast, but it's part of the, the thing. We just know that we want to do the documentary, but we don't know how to do it. Uh, Margot and me never did something like this, and we don't make the school to do it. So we, we will try and we will have a documentary at the end, and we maybe it will be long or short, we don't know. Well, at least we have a podcast now, so this is done. <laughs> the next step, <laughs> documentary. Thanks again, Maxime and Margot, for this super cool conversation. And I reminded if you guys want to follow them, you can keep an eye on their social media. You can find them as Ter Ter. I'll link the Instagram profile to the podcast description. And now I will open the microphone to our podcast community. We have received via the Slow Food the Podcast Telegram group a lot of inputs and tips on how to travel more consciously. So now let's listen to them. Hello everyone, I'm Laura from Italy and I will say that my tip to travel slower would be in the first place to avoid taking a plane and maybe uh, consider arriving to your destination a bit later and instead visit places uh, on the way to your final destination in order to have less impact on the planet and also visit more and enjoy um, more the path to arrive to the final destination, yes. Hello everyone, this is Ronald from Uganda. According to me, uh, slow travel is, is, is moving away from the cities. Uh, maybe go to the villages or you go to a certain community, a country, and then uh, you connect with their food, the way they live, eh? the, 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 activities they, the, the activities they do day to day. And you connect more and more with the local people, learning their language, uh, the, the local skills, um, their culture. You learn their cuisines, you, you, you learn how to cook their food. Hello dear friends, I'm Julia Pitenko from Slow Food Ukraine and I would like to stress the point that for us now in Ukraine the travel, the traveling which still exists means solidarity. So uh, in case you come somewhere, you come in order to support in a psychological and economical way 
the location, the local producers, and so on. So the fact of an, of the environmental impact is uh, maybe not so important for right, right now, but the fact that you can really help and you can do something with your hands and that you can gather some money and you can bring some money to that or that location is much, much, much more important. Hey everyone, I am Pasang Sherpa and I am from Nepal. So here are some of the tips that I can provide on how to travel sustainably and slowly, of course. So I have been working as a hotel manager in Nepal for more than six years now. And I'm pretty sure that everyone who's traveling is going to stay either in hotel, hostels or Airbnbs, depending upon their budget. So whether you are on a budget or you have pretty good cash to spend. There are a lot of hotels and accommodation around the world innovating and reducing their impact in the environment. For example, you can find some hotels that are eco-friendly uh, that are practicing the sustainable ways to operate the hotels and feed their guests. Uh, there must be some hotels who has eliminated the single-use plastic uh, for example, reducing their waste, food waste and water usage and actively reusing the materials and practicing recycling process. So, and of course, the more the demand grows for the environmentally conscious accommodations, the more we influence other hotels and other properties to shift their practices to following the eco-friendly staying way. Um, yep, so that's one of my tips as a hotel manager. Thank you, guys. Hey, Valentina, this is Jorrit from the Netherlands. My favorite way to travel slow is go bikepacking and taking the bike on the travel. This brings me to places that I would normally skip simply because the train doesn't stop or the highway doesn't pass. And under the motto of packing light and travel far, traveling becomes so easy. You don't have to think about what you have to bring or where you have to go. You just go and pedal and discover what's around there. The fun part is, is that even if you just have a weekend um, available, you can go for a small weekender in your local area, find a spot in the woods where to camp or even pass by some local farms to stay over. Thanks to all of you for these super nice contributions and I will take the opportunity to invite you all to join our Telegram group. This space is meant to be an exchange between our listeners where you can give us advice, send us your voice messages, your questions and your doubts around past podcast episodes but also suggestions for the future. We want this podcast to be our podcast so join our community. I will add the link to the Telegram group in the podcast description as well. Finally, if you like this episode, remember to share it with your network and to follow our program on your favorite podcasting platforms. This is Valentina Gritti and you have listened to Slow Food, the podcast. Ciao!